You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. My name is Pastor Daniel. Excited to be in God's Word with you and just to give you some things that I've been thinking about, processing, and just praying through. This morning, I had a great time finishing a wonderful book, and I would recommend it to you. It's a book on atonement uh, by Jeremy Tree. Let me see if I can get it in video if you're watching. It's this green book, small book, about 150 pages on the atonement of Christ. It's a short study on systematic theology by Jeremy Tree. I want to recommend that book to you. I just finished reading it. And uh, atonement means to me made one with. And I just sort of want to process out loud after my morning devotional time with the Lord, just how important it is to be unified with Christ, to be in Christ, to be abiding in Jesus, the, the impact of the gospel. Now we know the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, the good news is that Jesus saves us from our sin. Sin separates us from God. We rebel against him. We have this innate uh, nature of rebellion, of children of wrath, of consequences of sin is death and separation from God. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost, people like you and me, to save us from our sin and to make us one with God, to reconcile us into God's family and with one another, and to actually be made free from being slaves of sin to slaves of righteousness, uh, being born again, this new identity. And I want to talk to you about this new identity implications of the gospel of atonement, how Jesus died for our sin. And we actually not only are forgiven, but made right before God and righteous in God's eyes. You see, the father looks at you and me with um, a smile, with love, with care. Uh, when we're in Christ, and our identity is in him and we receive God's grace through the cross of Christ and his love and his forgiveness. Uh, he actually pours out his spirit inside of us and sees us as righteous as Jesus. And this is a framework that has happened. Jesus said it is finished on the cross, but this is something by faith we need to receive, accept, and just sort of process. And so what I want to do is just process out loud with a couple of quotes uh, from this book, some scripture, and just think about the benefits of our union in Christ. Um, I'll start with this quote uh, by Jeremy Treat. Uh, he says, sharing in Christ's identity is crucial for growing as followers of Jesus because we are given an identity in Christ. Christian growth is not a matter of changing into something you are, but uh, not but it is about becoming who you truly are in Christ. In him, we are pure and we are holy and we are righteous. Therefore, we are called to embrace our true identity by faith and to live out that identity in everyday life. God wants us to apply the gospel in everyday life, to understand what God says about us, and then to, by faith, apply that out. You see, for Christians, Jesus not only gives us a new identity, but also he invites us to share in his identity, that we share in the sufferings of Christ. We share in the inheritance of Christ. We share in the things of the spirit. We partake in the divine, what Jesus has to offer and gives us freedom. You see, the Bible says that Jesus is the beloved son of God, uh, Matthew chapter three, verse 17. But the Bible actually says who those who believe in him, he gave the right to become children of God, John 1 12. So in him, in Christ, we are children of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. John 8 12, Jesus declares this to us. But in Christ, in him, we are also the light of the world. Matthew 5 14. You see, the Bible says that Jesus is a royal priest. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 15 through 17. 
But the Bible also declares in Christ, we are a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9. You see, the great things that the Bible speaks about Jesus, we actually can embrace for our identity. Not just his righteousness, but his calling, his purpose, his plan. The Father wants not only to guide Jesus, but to guide us. And so we actually partake in this union. There's great benefit when we understand this. I was thinking about union, right? I personally think about marriage, covenant. Uh, You make a covenant with your spouse and become one. The two shall become one. uh, And you have this union together. Uh, Both Laura and I, we work. I'm bivocational. She works, has a few jobs. I have a few jobs. And uh, all of those funds go into our one bank account. Now, I work some and make a lot of money and she's blessed. It goes into both of our bank accounts. But guess what? She works some and makes a lot of money and it goes into both of our bank accounts and I'm blessed. In this marriage covenant, in this relationship, uh, we actually both benefit by it going into one account. And what's beautiful about our relationship with Christ is we don't really have anything to offer, but Christ paid a debt that we couldn't pay and then gives us, imparts to us righteousness in our account. He credits us to be right with God and gives us all these spiritual blessings in Christ. Now, one of the things that is important to understand is not just to what it is, but to to walk this out, to apply it out. Ephesians chapter one, uh, Paul actually tells us the great benefits in Christ, in Christ. Uh, It's a very familiar passage, but I want to read it because it's actually one run on long sentence and it gives us a lot of um, indicators of what Paul would actually want us to live out through the gospel. Uh, He says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. This is Paul's thesis statement. He wants us to know that we are blessed in Christ because of this union in Christ. uh, We are blessed in so many ways as he goes on and says, even as he chose us in him. And that's that key word in Christ or in him is throughout all of scripture, especially in this passage, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions, trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and on earth in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory in him. You also, when you heard the word of the truth of the gospel, your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession until uh, possession of it to the praise of his glory. I wanted to read that long passage because this phrase in him, in him to the believer that is in Christ, uh, we are elected. We are adopted 
There is redemption. There's forgiveness. There's revelation and purpose and plan of God. There's an inheritance in him. There is hope in him. There is the spirit of God in him. Paul declares this in chapter one. Then in chapter three, he prays that we would know everything about Christ in him and the great love that God has for us. Now, these are believers. They they know the love of God, but they don't know the love of God. You see, we can understand something in our minds, but not in our hearts. And that word to know, gnosko, is an experiential knowing. Do you have an experiential knowing that your union in Christ is beautiful, that God has chosen you, that he gives revelation, that he helps you, that he gives you his spirit, that in him there is hope even in your suffering? You see, the more that we know about God and process this, we need to pray through it. We need to go to God's word understand the gospel and go to scripture like this long passage and and say wow in christ there's a great inheritance and then we need to pray and say god would you help me to see that in christ i have an inheritance paul prays that they would experience what the true reality of jesus and a relationship with him is and that's what i was thinking about i want you to know the union of christ that that you are one with christ and christ is one in you that Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that in Christ, we are a new creation. So we are in him and he is in us and we are to abide and to have a relationship with God in this way. I was thinking about this sort of picture in the Western world. We always uh, talk about uh, invite Jesus into your life. And we have this big circle and this circle is our life. And then we invite Christ into our heart or into our life. But the Bible actually says more a beautiful example is that God in him, everything exists. He is the circle and we actually put our life in Christ, in the circle of his life, in his submission, in his authority as him, as Lord. That is our union. Yes, uh, he dwells in us, but we are submitting to him and we are in Christ. And so our world doesn't revolve around us. It revolves around Jesus. And when we live in this true freedom, it's a beautiful thing. And the New Testament gives us so many allegories, illustrations, or pictures of this, this what does it mean to be in Christ? Uh, Colossians 1.18, the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church, that we are his body, meaning he gives us orders, like the head gives the body direction. We are to be in Christ, like he is Lord. He's the one guiding us, directing us. Uh, we function in him. Without the head, there is no body. Without Christ, there is no salvation. There is no us. There is no spiritual blessings because all spiritual blessings are found in Christ. So not Christ is a little piece of our life, but we should have all of our life submitted to him. Uh, another way to put it, the Bible talks about how Jesus is the groom. And we are the bride. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul goes on and talks about that. That we uh, are in a loving relationship with him. And just like I think about my marriage with Laura and I, how we're submitting to one another, loving one another, in partnership with one another, that there two shall become one. We are like that with Jesus. That he should be our life and we should be in love with him and know him and please him and serve him and have a relationship with him and abide in him. Uh, the Bible says so much so like about this abiding that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. John chapter 15. Uh, it also says that Jesus is the cornerstone and the church is the building of blocks. Uh, that God builds us all together, but he is the center of our foundation, of our community, of our life. 
that we have this union with Christ and this union brings fellowship and family and freedom and all these different things. Um, and so union with Christ, onement, atonement, this is what happened on the cross. And this is a complete work that's finished, but we have to pray through and apply the gospel daily, don't we? We have to abide in Christ and choose that. Uh, and it depends your relationship really depends if you're abiding and walking by faith or not walking by faith. If you're trusting in God's finished work or not trusting in his finished work. Um, whether we accept Jesus or not accept Jesus. The Bible says this apart from Christ. Because most people think union with Christ. Uh, believers think, well, I don't, want, I don't want to submit to God. I don't want to do these things. Well, there's a consequence for that. If I make this circle all about me and my life and I'm not unified with Christ, um, there aren't the great blessings. There aren't great benefits. Listen to a few verses of what the Bible says that apart from Christ, who we are, we're guilty of sin. Romans five 16. We're covered in shame. Jeremiah 17, 13. Uh, we deserve God's judgment. Romans 1 18. We're under the sway of the devil. Ephesians 2, 2. We're enemies of God. James 4, 4 says we're separated from God. Isaiah 59, 2. We're enslaved to sin. John 8, 34. And we're dead in our trespasses, Ephesians 2, 1. These are all things when we are not uh, uh, abiding and unified in Christ and don't have a relationship with him. This is how important our relationship and unity is with Jesus. And this is why it's so important we understand the gospel because we need a relationship with God, but it's not based on our own efforts. It's based on Jesus and the work that he did. We get a relationship with Jesus through the gospel, this good news, by his grace through faith. The work is already done, but it's our part to have faith in God and to believe, no, we are unified with God. So there is great blessing. Listen to what is in Christ. In Christ, we are forgiven of sin, Ephesians 1.7. We are cleansed from our shame, Hebrews 12.2. We are declared righteous, Romans 4.5. Uh, we are victorious over the devil, Romans 16, 20. We are adopted in God's family, John 1, 12. We are reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. We are free from slavery to sin, Romans 6, 18. And we are risen with eternal life, Romans 8, 11. Jeremy Treat says this, everything hinges on union with Christ. Um, and so I would just ask you, as I sort of been processing, thinking, and concluded this book about the atonement of Christ, uh, will you apply God's atonement and the work he did on the cross to your life? Uh, will you receive Jesus' forgiveness? Will you repent and turn to him and make him Lord and submit to him? Because in Christ, all spiritual blessings are found in him. Are you in Jesus? The Bible says you can be. That if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and was raised from the dead, you can be saved and, and you can know Christ and the suffering and the life and the existence of him. You see, he calls us to pick up our cross, to have our identity follow after him. But it's not just doing more and trying harder. And Jesus is an example. Jesus is our savior. And now we respond and worship to him. We could be unified with Christ and it could be relational. And the question is, is have you done that? Have you received Christ and are you abiding in him? Is it from grace to grace? Are you abiding in Christ? Are you thinking about the realities of the gospel that you are forgiven, that you he's covered your shame? You see, we can have a whole bunch of money in our bank account. Laura could do a lot of work. She can have those funds go to my bank account. But if I'm not using the debit card and spending it, it's just sitting there. Oftentimes we 
don't actually apply the gospel because we don't know what it says. But once we know what the Bible says, we should be claiming the promises of God because all the promises of God are yes and amen. If Jesus says you're forgiven, know today you're forgiven. If Jesus says the Father loves you, then know that the Father loves you. If you need power and strength, well, in your weakness, he is strong and gives you his spirit. Claim the promises of God. Ask for the Holy Spirit. We need to, by faith, promise these things. And we need to do it a we need to do it through a relationship with Christ in him, going to him, loving him. All spiritual blessings are found. And so uh, I'll just leave you with a couple of more quotes. The immeasurable, uh, immeasurable riches of God's grace are given in Christ. He says there is no participation in his benefit except by communion with his person. May you abide in Christ. May you think upon Christ. May you think about the beauty and the glory of the gospel and what it does to your life. And may you by faith apply it, the implications of this beautiful gospel that Jesus makes you one with him. You can have a relationship with him. What does that mean to you? What does that mean for your parenting? What does that mean for your job? What does that mean uh, as you live this life and go through the many things that we all go through? Uh, Pray on it, process it, uh, and glory in that we can be unified with Jesus and there are great implications in that. And so that's what I was thinking, processing that with you. Again, I'd recommend this book, Atonement, uh, an introduction by Jeremy Treat. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. It was a sweet uh, Bible study for me and I just really enjoyed this book and I loved how he concluded the gospel of saying, man, make Christ your life. And so may you make Christ your life today. May you be unified in him. And I pray the spirit of God will give you more insight into what that actually means for your everyday life. God bless you and we'll talk to you in the next video.